0: Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader. And my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that, right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. I want you to think back to when you started working at your current school. You may have started there as a teacher, you may have been there for a really long time, it may be hard to remember, but you also may have started there recently as a school leader coming from another school. But I want you to think back to when you started working at your current school and I want to ask you, how was your new employee orientation? How was your new employee orientation when you started out? Was it thorough? Was it overwhelming? Did you have more questions when you finished than when you started? Did you connect with other people at the school? Or was it pretty much someone standing up front talking at you? Was it interactive? Just thinking back to when you started working at your current school. Now, I want you to think about your current plan for new teacher orientation at your school. And I just have a simple question for you. Are you happy with it? Are you happy with new teacher orientation at your school? Does it check all the boxes for your teachers? And if you said yes to that, how do you know that? Have you asked your second-year or third-year teachers, do you get feedback after new teacher orientation and then make adjustments? Would you say that it's overwhelming or that it's thorough? Would you say that it's too much or it's not enough or it's just right? And, of course, we are all looking for that Goldilocks effect. And we know that fairy tale that she, Goldilocks, was in the one bed, and it was too soft, and the other bed was too hard, but then she found the bed that was just right. And with our new teachers, if we're honest, most of our schools have a new teacher orientation plan that has some room for improvement. Are we checking all the boxes? Are we overwhelming the teachers? Are we meeting their social and emotional needs? Are we giving them enough time to work in their classrooms? How do we find that Goldilocks effect when it comes to new teacher orientation? Well, I don't know if I can get you to just write like Goldilocks, but on today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast, I'm going to give you four strategies that will help you improve new teacher orientation at your school. But before we jump into that, I wanted to let you know that I've created a free resource for you called The Six Things That Every Private School Teacher Wants From Their Leader. This is a six-page PDF that could be a game-changer for you. I guarantee you that if you do these six things, that the teachers at your school will be happy to follow you. You can get your free guide by going to theprivateschoolleader.com slash guide. And there's also a lot of free resources for you over at theprivateschoolleader.com slash resources. A lot of free things there like plug and play PDs and other guides, top 10 lists of productivity books, leadership books, TED Talks. A lot of things there for you. So pick up your guide at the slash guide, the six things that every private school teacher wants from their leader, and you can check out the free resources for you at the slash resources. And one last thing, I would love to hear from you. I appreciate so much you listening to the podcast, and I hope you're getting value I'd love to hear about it. My email address is mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. That's mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear about a strategy that you are using that you picked up on an episode or maybe your biggest pain point that you're dealing with. It could be that it's the topic of an upcoming episode. So thank you again for listening. And I'd love to hear from you shoot me an email at mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. Okay, let's get into the four strategies to improve your new teacher orientation. I'll give you all four of them, and then we'll break them down one at a time. Number one, turn off the fire hose. Number two, prioritize their emotional well-being. Number three, ask your second-year teachers for feedback. And number four, use some free plug-and-play PDs. Okay, so let's talk about number one, turn off the fire hose. So you've probably heard this expression before, and I've said it many times to new teachers at my school that being a new teacher at my school is like trying to drink from a fire hose. And of course, what I mean by that is, is there's just so much to learn. There's so much coming at them, policies and procedures. And that's just to do with school-wide procedures and um, classroom procedures and not even getting into the nitty gritty of, well, how do you put in for a personal day? Or um, how do you um, you know, how do you get your uh, ID badge or how do you get your key fob or all of the other things that you need to do? So it's like drinking from a fire hose for our new teachers. Well, here's what we want. We want it to be like drinking from a garden hose. Now, I know that some of you are old enough to remember um, that when you were home in the summertime, that you know you went out and you were out and you played all day. And if you're thirsty, you drank from the garden hose. So we don't want it to be a fire hose. We want it to be a garden hose. So let's start with, do we try to pack too much into the number of days that we have for new teacher orientation? So that's a question to consider. At my school, we've had two days of it. We've also followed a model where we've had three days Um, maybe you have one day, but what are you trying to pack into that one or two days of new teacher orientation? Is it too much? And I was thinking about this, and for back in the 90s, I coached boys varsity basketball, and I remember very clearly that we got back from winter break And it was a Monday, and I think, and we had a big game, I think it was on Wednesday. And so we're at practice on Monday, and I'm really running the guys, like wind sprints and um, stairs and you name it. I'm just really, you know, thinking, okay, they probably didn't do much over winter break as far as conditioning, and so I'm really going to work them hard. And I remember one of my players came over. And he didn't say it in front of the whole team. He said it to me kind of off to the side. And he's like, you can't get us in shape in two days. And I was focused on the big game on Wednesday, and I was thinking, yeah, I can get them in shape in two days. Like, I'm, you know, we're just going to run and run and run and run some more. But he was right. And I wasn't going to be able to get them in shape in two days and then I actually changed up my plan for practice after he said that. But I wonder if we take that same approach with new teacher orientation, that we see that time and we put so much pressure on ourselves to pack so much in to those two days. And so what I want you to do is to think about those two days a little differently. And I want you to think about it and think about the content that you want to take from wherever it exists and get it into their brains and hopefully into their hearts as well because it shouldn't all just be um, technical, um, employee handbook, student handbook stuff. It should be inspirational and hopefully emotional, mission-based, vision-based. But think of all the stuff that you want them to know that you want to pack into those two days and think about it like a bell curve. And think about are there anything is is anything possible that it could be done before the two days of in-person new teacher orientation and are there any things that could be done after? And I'll give you an example. I'll give you a few examples. So, could it be that it's an expectation that they show up on the day of new teacher orientation then they've already read the employee handbook, they've already read the student or family handbook, and maybe they did the online training for anaphylactic shock that is videos and then you have to take the quizzes every so often, the module that you use. So maybe that's already an expectation at your school. Or do you like go over the handbook with them during new teacher orientation well if you think about it differently it could be and you're going to have cooperation slash compliance from your new teachers because they're excited about working there and I'm not saying that if their start date is you know August 15th that you should quote unquote take advantage of them and have all of this extra stuff but ultimately it's for their benefit And I think that if you make that the expectation and you give it to them far in advance, that to me it's a reasonable expectation. And if it takes it down a couple notches as far as the intensity of new teacher orientation and drinking from a fire hose, you're actually doing them a favor. So what are some things that could be done before? And also, what are some things that could be done after? So again, like that bell curve. So you've got some things before. The, the middle of the bell curve are the two in-person days, and then you've got some things after. Maybe it's meeting with their mentor. Um, maybe it's um, other things, um, you know, typically a tour of the school um, might happen before new teacher orientation, but there's a lot of things that are on your list that you want to get to. And I would just encourage slash challenge you to think about is there anything that can be done before and after to take it down a couple notches on the days that they're there. And just try and put yourself in their shoes for a moment. They're already stressed out, and I just wonder if we were a little more intentional about what we do during new teacher orientation if we could lower their stress level a little bit and not add to it. Okay, so the first strategy is to turn off the fire hose. Strategy number two is to prioritize their emotional well-being. So again, we're going to put ourselves in the shoes of the new teachers. And I want you to think about their first moments together in that room as new teachers. And this is going to make you roll your eyes. But I think I'm not a big fan of icebreakers in general. But I think that the most appropriate time for an icebreaker is with the new teachers right off the bat. And if you're not good at leading that, then bring in a person from your team or even from your teaching staff that is good at that. Um, We've had success with two truths and a lie. um, And then we let them know ahead of time, a day or two ahead of time, that we're going to do that so that they're not thinking up their two truths and a lie on the spot. Um, we did something different last year, and we might do something. We're probably going to do something different this year as far as an icebreaker. But again, just to kind of um, let them get to know each other a little bit, do something that's a little bit fun, kind of take the stress level down. That's why it's called an icebreaker. So, first moments together, that's actually checking a box as far as their emotional well being. They're coming in, they're stressed out, just again break the ice, reduce the stress. That's how I'd start the day. The second thing then is I would recommend that they have a clear agenda for the day, or let's say it's two days or three days, that you give them the schedule. And maybe, hopefully, you've actually shared that schedule in advance. But worst case scenario, they're getting that schedule immediately after the icebreaker. And you're just going over it quickly so that they know what to expect. And then you need to think about, we need to think about the pace of the content. How intense is it? Is it a lot of going through handbooks? Is it a lot of being talked at? And I get that a lot of this might be unavoidable. Um, with that piece of it but how can we make it more interactive Um, as opposed to throwing content at them and then pausing and saying any questions and then no one ever has any questions that's a rhetorical question honestly Um, so the pace of content and also how do we make it more interactive again prioritizing their emotional well-being and the social opportunities and speaking of that what opportunities are we intentionally building into the schedule for them to interact socially with each other and or with their mentors or other staff? So let's say on let's say it's two days. I keep referring back to two days because that's what we do at our school. But it could be that the first day is um, lunch with each other and with the, the senior admins, the admin team, um, or the educational admins. And then maybe day two is lunch with their mentors. And I thought about making a strategy that was just about mentors, but I think every school does this a little bit differently. Um, I strongly encourage that your new teachers are assigned a teacher mentor, um, and it doesn't have to be someone in their teaching discipline. I've seen it be really successful where somebody who is a third grade teacher, let's say, has a mentor that's... a eighth grade teacher or um, where there could be someone who is a science teacher that's mentored by someone who teaches social studies. I think it has a lot more to do with figuring out the school community, the school vibe, the school expectations than it has to do with being specific within the same um, content area. So anyways, give them some opportunities to interact socially Another suggestion that I have as far as prioritizing their emotional well-being is give them some time to work in their rooms. If the schedule is jam-packed and the only time that they have to work in their rooms is at the end of that day, then that's one way to do it. Um, but another way to do it is to give them some time for that. Um, they're stressed about getting their room ready and there will probably be time built into the schedule during in-service with all of the teachers, but consider that. Um, And then this is a big one for me is with your new teachers, check in on each of them every single day. And I don't mean just during the two days of new teacher in service. I mean all the way through till about the third day of school. And so what I'll do is let's say that I have four new teachers in fourth through eighth grade that year and sometimes it's less sometimes it's more sometimes it's much more but I will on that first day of orientation for sure um, be checking on them in person second day of orientation I'll be checking with them in person popping into their classroom um, if there's a scheduled time for them to work in their classroom that's another advantage of that that gives you the time where you schedule it on your calendar to go pop into those people's those teachers classrooms Um, and then, uh, if you can't check on them in person as the teacher in service, usually what happens at our schools is that we have new teacher orientation followed by, um, teacher in service for all the teachers. Well, when all the teachers show up, then you're going to get a lot busier. And so then what I'll do though, is, is set little reminders that I'll text my people, my new teachers. And so somehow, some way, either in person or by text or maybe by email, I'm going to just be like how was today? How are you feeling about everything? Um, you know, are, are you settling in? You know, just really just making sure that they're okay, giving them opportunities to ask questions or just giving you that FaceTime, that opportunity to help them if you see that they seem to be kind of struggling in the deep end of the pool there. Um, I think it's important also when you're talking to them is to continue to acknowledge, hey, I know this is a lot no one is expecting you to know all of this right away. They need to hear that from you, your, their supervisor. Um, just continue to acknowledge that it's a lot. No one's expecting you to, to know all this right away. And they're eager. They're hard workers. They're smart people. That's why you hired them. And so they're going to learn it all. It just might be not all right away. And then you can also reassure them that you are going to support them, that the team will support them. And then sometimes if you're sensing or that they're saying that they're struggling, or that they have some doubts, you see that doubt creeping in, just remind them of why you hired them, and um, you hired them because they were highly skilled, experienced, you know that they're going to do a good job, and just remind them of that, and try to crush some of that doubt. And then finally, underneath this section of prioritizing their emotional well-being, I like to paint a climactic scene for them. And so we love stories. And so a story is an open loop, and there's a hero. There's a, oftentimes a guide, and that hero has some kind of conflict or some kind of obstacle. And then the climactic scene in that movie, that story, that book, that TV show is the hero accomplishes, the the hero conquers the the mountain or wins the prize or defuses the bomb or gets the job or whatever it might be. So what I like to do is I like to paint a climactic scene for them. And I'm like, okay, think about this. I want you to visualize this. You're like three days into the school year. You're in your classroom. It's the end of the day. The day went well. You have already got a few days under your belt And you're interacting with the kids and you're just kind of starting to get into a groove. And if you paint that climactic scene for them, the power of story, that open loop, our brain wants to close it. And the only way they can close it is to get to that third day of school. And so you get them to start thinking about being there, doing it and sometimes it takes the attention off of micromanaging the information that's coming at them during new teacher orientation. So I've done that. I think it's been fairly successful. So that's just a suggestion of another way to prioritize their emotional well-being. Okay, and then two more that are kind of quick. Um, Number three, ask your second year teachers for feedback. So your second year teachers obviously went through new teacher orientation one year ago. And I wonder if, if it's a practice of yours to go f- get feedback during the year from your new teachers about orientation. That would be great. But if not, um, now is as good a time as any, especially if you're listening to this before your new teacher orientation for the upcoming school year has begun. Maybe you have time to tweak some things. And so it might not be feasible because of people's summer schedules, but it could be a practice that you adopt in the future. But a Google form, you know, we're trying to make this better for this year or at some point in the future, if you're asking this during the school year, it's for the, the, you know, the following year. But maybe some of the questions could be like, well, what were some things that were helpful to you during new teacher orientation? Um, another question, what are some things that would have been helpful to you that we didn't do? Um, what about pacing or the quantity of information? Um, what about social opportunities? Um, what else can we do to make new teacher orientation better? You know, just a few, that's, that's five questions. Maybe you limit it to four questions that you're asking your second-year teachers and you're also maybe asking your new teachers this question um, a month into the school year while it's still kind of fresh in their mind so again whether you ask now to try to get some feedback to tweak new teacher orientation for what's coming up this in a in a month or so if you're listening to this in real time or if you're listening to this some point in the future Um, to ask at some point during the school year to improve teacher orientation. Ask the people that experienced it. Ask for feedback. And then finally, number four is to use some free plug-and-play PDs with your teachers. So I mentioned that there are free resources available for you over at theprivateschoolleader.com slash resources. And there are two in particular that could work really well with your new teachers. And what these are, are, I call them plug-and-play PDs. It's a 45-minute video webinar, and then it's guided notes on a PDF with some discussion questions. So this actually could be content that you build into your new teacher orientation that together in the room that they watch it, let's say on the smart board and they have their guided notes that you print out for them, or it could be something that you ask them to do ahead of time. If your two days are already pretty well packed, but these are two things that could benefit them tremendously. So um, just to give you, there are three of them, but I'm just going to emphasize two. So one of them is called the top six ways to build effective relationships with difficult parents. So, You want them to have good communication with parents. Um, This webinar gets into why are parents so emotional, the wall of mutual distrust, the five C's of effective parent communication, surprise and delight, and some specific examples of exactly how to build those relationships. So that's available for you for free. And then another webinar, Plug and Play PD is called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Private School Teachers. And this one takes... Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and really takes kind of a self-care approach to, we know that it's very difficult, especially if it's someone coming from a a public school or maybe it's their first experience teaching, private school is its whole own thing with how many hats you wear and the parents and all that stuff. And so with the Seven Habits, it has a real emphasis on self-care And be proactive. Put first things first. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Begin with the end in mind. Think win-win, synergize, and sharpen the saw, are the seven habits. Um, But you will see, um, hopefully, if you decide to use that, that this could be really helpful. There's some really um, good strategies in there for your teachers for being effective during their first year. And this also works well for your the rest of your teachers. So just a quick sidebar is, is that if you decide that you want to use these during your teacher in-service for all of your teachers, those work very well like that also. So again, the webinar could be something they watch individually. You walk it, watch it all together as a group, um, whatever the case might be. but um, And you can use them or not use them. They're there for you. They're free. Um, and that's over at the privateschoolleader.com slash Resources. So, what are our big takeaways from today's episode? Use these four strategies to improve your new teacher orientation. Number one, turn off the fire hose. So, you want to kind of right size the content and think about the bell curve. Are there any things they can do before or after the actual in person days? Number two, prioritize their emotional well being. What can I do to let them? socialize with each other, feel more comfortable, meet those emotional needs, reduce their stress. Number three, ask your second year teachers for feedback. Teachers that have gone through new teacher orientation recently, feedback, if you welcome it, it will improve future new teacher orientation days. And then finally, as I just mentioned, use some free plug and play PDs. You can check those out over at the privateschoolleader.com resources. And so I like to end every episode with a call to action. Your call to action is to pick one of these strategies and use it during new teacher orientation. And in the next three days, I want you to add this strategy to the new teacher orientation agenda or add it to your calendar. So if you're listening to this in real time and new teacher orientation is coming up next month, you could add one of these strategies to your agenda. If you're listening to this at some point in the future, you could schedule this for down the road to make new, orientation, new teacher orientation for next year better. All right, let's wrap it up. I wanted to remind you that I have a free guide for you about working with difficult parents. I was just mentioning working with parents. In addition to that plug-and-play PD, there's a free guide for you, and you can get it over at theprivateschoolleader.com slash parents, and it's called Five Strategies to Help You Work with Difficult Parents, and it gives you tools and strategies to build better relationships and have better meetings, and so that could be helpful to you, and you can get that over at theprivateschoolleader.com slash parents. And I'd love to hear from you, as I said before, my address, email address, mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. The show notes for today's episode can be found at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 40. A new episode comes out every week, and it's on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on Instagram at theprivateschoolleader or on Twitter at the ps leader. And if you got value from today's episode, I would love it if you would share it with another leader at your school or someone that you think is an aspiring leader at your school. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I appreciate you. I appreciate all your hard work. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join me here today. And I will see you next time right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first. Lead second and make a difference.